with these eyes on the outside. Amen. Yes, even as we look at the verse, our key verse in scripture, it's the outward things that we can see and that we can identify as the things that God hates. But we know that God also looks at the heart. He looks on the things on the inside of us. This is also identified as sin. Things that you can't see with the natural eye. Your pride. Your ego. These are things that are also considered sin. The scripture states that sin is the transgression against the law. Well, we would know that Jesus came to fulfill the law. And if Jesus came to fulfill the law, this sin is now just not transgressions against these laws that were written on the scribe, but it's a, it's, it's, sin is a transgression now against God himself. That's what it's always been, but it's easier to identify a person versus a scribe or a paper, a scroll or a paper. Now you can see and you can identify that sin is not just hurting you because it is done, but every single time we do it, we nail Jesus to the cross. Yes, this is the direct transgression against God. So in order to understand the heaviness of sin, we must first know what it is. In the book of 1 John, where sin is defined, we must understand that it was written in Greek, and the word used for sin is hamartia. It's a Greek word. And this Greek word, it is defined as failing to hit the mark. Failing to hit the mark. It's the failing to hit God's mark. And I want to stop right there and part right there and let you know that if the mark that you're trying to hit is the mark of your father or it's the mark of your mother or it's the mark of your husband, it's the mark of your wife, it's the mark of your children, you're going to fail every single time. Because most of the time we look at the people that stands in front of us and we are trying to please the people. But Paul tells us to that we must press towards the mark of the higher calling. If you can press towards the mark of Christ Jesus, then you'll get this thing down here right. Those Your relationships will get right. All right? Yes, the things down here will be on point. We won't have to worry because we'll be pressing towards Jesus and not looking at the body, the carnality of the people that is standing in front of us. Amen, amen. So we wonder why it's hard for us to 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 not to tame our tongue or it's hard for us to not give a gentle word. The Bible says to give a gentle word. Yes, yes, the Bible says that anger stirs a wrath. That we wonder why it's so hard for us to forgive our spouses or forgive our children or show grace to our brothers and show grace to our sisters because we are trying to please the human man, we're trying to please humanity instead of pressing towards the mark of the higher calling of Christ Jesus. When we get this and we understand this, that Greek word harmashia means the failing to hit the mark, then we'll begin to understand that my brother and my sister is not the enemy. My husband and my wife, my husband or my wife is not the enemy. My child is not the enemy. My mother and my father are not the enemy. Amen. But a lot of times we, 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 we're so focused on what it is that they want instead of what it is that God wants. And when we realize what it is that God wants, 
we'll please them every time. Amen. It says that it says that we are we are we 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 stay bound to sin most of the times because we are so worried about the actions and the reactions of the of humanity of the people who are around us, but we don't ever think of the fact that we're breaking God's heart. We're nailing Jesus to the cross every single time. The mark we are always chasing is often the human mark. It's how how they feel or how how they should or should not feel is what we are thriving or pushing for. I can only speak about what I personally know. I've been in places where I've 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 dealt with sin, I've dealt with things that I was dealing with, but I it, it didn't change on the inside of me because I was so focused on the reaction of the people that was around me. I can't do this because they gonna think this. I can't do that because they gonna see this. I can't do this. I, I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna walk this way. I'm because of what people see or what people say. But when you put your eyes on the prize, keep your eyes on Jesus. He'll provide you everything that you need. Amen. 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 So we're often focused on. The outside, instead of helping people to correct the deeper problems within. And in order for you to know the mark that you are missing, it's important that you get to the law for Bill of Speed. Paul tells us to press towards the mark of the higher calling. Yeah, your, your, your mother calling is it high enough for you to press towards or your husband or your sister or your brother, but the higher calling. Of Christ Jesus. Now we know that this word has told us that sin means to, to, to fail from hitting the mark, but it, sin is also identified as pure rebellion. It's a violation of the divine law in thought as well as in act. In thought as well as in act. It's because you think then you don't act out on it don't mean that you have not committed sin. Amen. Remember that God looks at the heart. He looks at the he looks at the heart, what's on the inside. So we have to be careful with our thoughts. Sin is also identified as rejection or ignoring God's standards. I don't know about y'all, but there have been times where I know the Holy Spirit has told me to do something and I've done the opposite. To gratify the flesh. That's going to pass away. Romans 6 and 23 teaches us that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And when we when it talks about death in this scripture, it's talking about the separation from God. You don't have to be six feet under to be dead. There's a such thing as the walking dead. And what God would do if you continue to sin and you continue to live this life, he'll lead you to what the Bible says, your reprobated mind. So death, there's the walking dead, and this means to be separated from God. I don't know about y'all, but I don't like it when I feel like I'm far from God. And I'm ready to get pulled back in. And when I thought about this, this death, what God would do is he'll send somebody to you because what the Holy Spirit does is he corrects. And he'll send somebody to you to give you a word that you think is a hard word, and in actuality, it's the Lord doing his work. But we're so quick. We're so quick to say they don't like me or they're talking about me or they're not for me. No, no, no. In actuality, God is for you. He's sending these people to you so you won't be considered as the walking dead. 
Yeah, so it says that the Romans 6 and 20 teaches that the wages of sin and death, but glory be to God. The gift of God is eternal life. Life more abundantly. Eternal life. Sin is not only missing God's mark, but it is the inner reality, a warp in human nature. The Bible tells us that we was born in sin and wrapped into iniquity. So this is our human nature. This is what it is. This is how we came out. But thanks be unto the Most High God for sending his son, Jesus. This sin is a power that can hold each individual with the unbreakable grip if you don't allow the Lord to step in. It'll hold you so tight that you don't allow the Lord to step in. Thankfully, God has a plan. Not that he had a plan because Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, but he still has a plan today for each one of us. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's in your past and he's already in your future. So in order for us to be delivered, clean, washed, set free from the bondage of sin, we got to first understand it's a part of our lives. It, it, it's a part of our lives. Even when we think we have it all together, because of what meets the eye, God is constantly, it's a continuation. He constantly has to work on us. The Bible says that nothing is good but God. So that means there's a constant work. We don't all, all have it together. We don't all have it right. This is how you know that sin was the number one problem. When Jesus started his ministry, the first message that he gave out, it said that this is a time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. So repent and believe in the gospel. That's how you know that sin was a problem. It is a problem. And only God is the one who can save. He's the only one that can clean us up from the inside and wash us whiter than snow. This scripture helps us to understand that sin needed a savior. Sin needed a savior. Who is sin? You and me, because we were born in sin. Without Christ, we are a we are sinful men in a dying need of a heroic savior. So for me to tell you about sin, I want you to understand what it really is. Because in order for you to ask for cleanliness, you got to know you need to be clean. So with that said, and we understand sin and we understand what it what it means uh, to be in sin and what sin really means. I want you to go to your Bibles. And I want you to open up the, to the book of Matthew. Matthew, the 23rd chapter. Verses 25. Through 28. And it reads, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, First cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, 
which indeed appear beautifully outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Amen. You may be seated. So we know in this scripture, in this particular scripture of the Bible, uh, Matthew, the 23rd chapter of the Bible, this is where Jesus is talking to the scribes. He's talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he's, he's giving them these woes. And he's telling them that all of these things that you're doing, they look good on the outside to the person who don't know Christ. But on the inside, on the inside, you're messed up. On the inside, your heart is not clean. On the inside, you're really not following the law. What are you doing? Because these were some lawyers, religious lawyers, who began to have these uh, laws written with loopholes so they could get away with certain things but can point the finger to their brothers and sisters. So here you see Jesus. He's sick of it at this point. Over. And these Pharisees, they go on in, in, in two chapters before, they're trying to trip Jesus up. They ask Jesus all of these questions. And Jesus is answering them like this because he's, he's God. Like he's the son of God. He knows. And they have no idea. They're trying to do everything in their power to trip uh, the son of God. But they don't understand that he is humanity wrapped in divinity. So there's nothing that they can get past him. So this is what's going on in this scripture. And the woes, they mostly criticize the Pharisees for hypocrisy and perjury. It illustrates the differences between inner and outer moral state. We're so quick to be focused on the outer, and we want to get the outer right, but the inner is tore up. Jesus' continual description of them as blind reveals they lack even the ability to see the truth for what it was. If you read that chapter, you will see what he constantly described him and he says you blind hypocrites or you blind Pharisees and he does this to show that they can't even see the truth when it's standing in front of them yes a clean mind what Jesus comes to do is I, I and I thank you Lord what Jesus comes to do is when he comes in front of you he can't clean up what you pretend to be <laughs> He can't bless who you pretend to be. A clean-minded person will naturally act in clean ways. And that's Matthew 15 and 11. But instead, these, these hypocrites, these Pharisees, these teachers, these, these people who are giving, giving knowledge to their brothers and sisters need to be cleaned up themselves. Instead, they pretended to be holy while continuing to serve themselves in every way they could get away with. Yeah, they pretending to do right. But God can't bless us when we pretend. It is necessary to have authentic inner righteousness that only Christ can provide. The Pharisees and the scribes were pursuing righteousness by their own efforts, but they failed to recognize that even our righteousness, our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. According to Isaiah, we have nothing to offer God that would make us righteous. The only way we can be righteous is faith in him. 
as we begin to talk about the inside and we realize what sin is, and we realize by reading the scriptures that Jesus tells us that he, he tells these Pharisees, he said, you, you, you'll get clean if you submerge the dishes and the submerge the cup in the fullness of who I am. But if you keep rubbing a scripture here on the outside, a scripture there on the outside, you will never be fully clean. You will look the part, but you won't be the part. And the truth of the matter is, those who are really walking in Christ will know it. They can spot it from a mile away. So, with this being said, he tells them, he says, look, clean it. You need to clean it from the inside. Then he goes on down to the second to the next verse, and he says that you are like these whitewashed graves. See, back in back in historic times, what they would do was they would take uh, these graves and this paint. I don't know if they really had paint, but whatever they use, <laughs> clean the grave. They would take it and they would wash these graves clean from the outside, and they would do this so that people would understand that these were believers of Christ. This is why they wash the grave. Because we now don't nobody even go sweep the graves off no more. My grandma used to go sweep the graves off. They don't even do that no more. <laughs> was, they used to take it, they took it and they washed it. But on the inside, because they were worshiping the outside of a grave that contained something that was already dead and gone. And that's what we do. We worship the outside of a body. We worship the outside. We worship our jobs. We worship our different things. We worship money. We worship these cars. We worship these houses, these businesses. We worship all of this stuff, but our insides are toe up. And truth of the matter is, none of those things that you have are going to be blessed to their fullness because you're not operating the way that Christ wants you to operate anyway. Come on, come on. All right, all right. So when we when we look at the inside, I think about David. Mm-hmm. Old David. Shepherd boy, David. Mm-hmm. Slingshot, David. I think about David. David created David asked the Lord after he had committed sin. After he committed murder and he committed adultery. He he asked God, he said, created me a clean heart. Yeah. And when he asked this, he used the same Hebrew verb in create as it is in Genesis 1 and 1. For the creation of the world emphasizes that kind of radical cleansing he needed. Could It could only come, he understood that it could only come from God. David apparently knew the redirection of his desires and thoughts could only come about through the intervention of God. This exact same creation that God did when he created the world is the exact same creation that David was asking for. Renew me, create in me a clean heart, wash me, make me whiter than snow. David, shepherd boy David. That prayer, that prayer, and it was written, it was written thousands of years ago. It paints a picture for us of the deep consequences of sin. It shows what true repentance, remorse, and renewal looks like. Psalms 51 and 10 tells us to, it says, clean me and wash me whiter than snow. Some of us, our prayer is clear, creating me a clean heart. But sometimes we need to ask the Lord, God, show me my dirty and full of sin heart first. And I say this because if you don't know that you're dirty, you can't get the full effect of being clean. Amen, amen. 
We have to understand that the Bible, it tells us that no man is good, so we all need Jesus. Because the only one that is good is God. We want to look at, we want to look like good people because we are self-serving people. We want to be good, we want to be good people who are seeking man and is obsessed. We want to be good people, but when we're seeking man, we are obsessed with the out. And the Bible, as you look at that scripture in Matthew, uh, it's religious theater. That's all it is. The Pharisees were a bunch of actors. Matter of fact, when you look at that particular scripture, the word Pharisees in Greek is translated as actors. But David, David, he asked that God restore the joy of salvation. Being saved should bring you joy. Even in your hard time, it still should bring you joy. Being saved should not be a place of constant complaint, but it should be a place of continuous seeking after him. It should bring you closer to him when you are suffering. It's not a place to say, woe is me, but it's indeed a place to say, God, I know that you can. It's indeed a place that says, God, I know that you are joy. So I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to seek you when I'm up and I'm going to seek you when I'm down. Joy and joy more abundantly is what you will get when you're with Jesus Christ. David understood this. So he asked for this renewal. He asked for this recreation. He asked for regeneration in his life so that he could have this joy. He understood what it was like to be separated from God and how it feels not to have joy. When you look at yourself, I think that this series and this time and this month should be a time that you sit and you you examine yourself and say, God, if I don't have joy, give it back to me. But in order for you to give it back to me, God, draw me nearer to you. So he was tired of going through the motions. We go through the motions over and over. We we keep doing the same thing over and over. It's just a different year, a different month, a different week, a different time. But if you seek God, being in salvation should bring you joy. Joy does not necessarily mean the state of happiness. But it means contentment in whatever it is that you're in. And it shows that you have relinquished the power all to God. You don't hold the power in your hand. It's not in your control. Stop it and understand that God has a plan for your life. So experiencing the going through the most, we are not here to just experience the mundane. We're not here to experience the rough time. When you in it, understand why you in it. Like that's what God does when you when you have a relationship with God. That's what He do. Mm-hmm. If you're in it, all right, God, show me why I'm in it. Mm-hmm. We pay for patience, but don't want to go through nothing that causes us to have patience. Mm-hmm. We 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 pray for for all of these different characteristics and attributes, but we don't want to go through the process to get it. But I hate to tell y'all that that pressing towards the mark of the higher calling, it's a journey. And that higher calling caused you to go through some things. But it's worth it. Amen. Amen. 
So when sin has your heart, when it has your heart, it will use your gift too. We got to submerge. We have to submerge in the presence of God to get away from this thing. Jesus tells us that we can't just clean the inside. We can't just clean the outside and never look at the inside. We'll be like the whitewashed tomb. We'll be like the dishes that he was talking about. They'll be shining and sparkling and gold on the outside. But the inside will be full of dirt. And so sin looks so much bigger. And it feels like it's just so much harder to overcome. But it's really because of our perspective. It's really because of our perspective. Because oftentimes what we do is we focus on this thing that we try so hard to get right. And so this thing is so close to us. This thing is right here. Jesus is right here. But it looked like it's just so big. But the truth of the matter is our eyes is on that and it is not on Jesus. Because the closer, the more we put our eyes on Jesus, the bigger Jesus gets and the further away that sin becomes. Amen. So on today, and I'm closing. On today, I dare you. I dare you on today to allow Jesus to wash you whiter than snow. I dare you on today to allow Jesus to clean you from the inside out. I dare you on today to allow your salvation that you say that you have be the foundation on which you live this everyday life. Be the foundation on which you walk throughout this everyday life. Understand that it is not easy. And he asked us to press towards the mark. But remember, every time you miss the mark, understand that there's a higher calling in Christ Jesus. There's a higher mark. We know that what sin is, we understand that we have to be washed from the inside out. We understand that, that there's nothing on the outside, and our outside appearances will never get us into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And so to, 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 to walk this walk and be on this journey, this right here is going to pass away. All of this stuff we got is going to pass away. What you take with you, make sure that it's clean. When they put you six feet up. Amen. 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 So we understand that we have to focus on our insides and not just think about what it is that's on the outside. I'm grateful for Jesus because Jesus just didn't come to wash my outside. Amen. I remember when we was little, we got baptized. One of my cousins got baptized at the same time. And after we got baptized, they used to t- talk to us, and he said, "Yeah, I just I took a bath." <laughs> Y'all, he was the most Jesus Bible told me, and I know today. He said, "But I took a bath." <laughs> Not understanding that what it what it really what it really meant. 
So on today, I don't know if Pastor want to do it, but I just feel the urge to open the doors of the church. If you feel like you've walked away, if you feel like you want to renew yourself, allow the Lord to renew you. The doors of the church are open. Right towards the end. Amen. Not only just want to open the doors to the church, amen, but he's guaranteeing somebody, amen, an opportunity today to give your life to him. But the part that stood out and said, now if you come up here and you pretend that you're not giving him nothing to work with, but just think about the fact that he's saying, and I'm telling you, I'm saying, thus says the Lord, he says, I'm guaranteeing you that you're going to be okay. He said, I'm guaranteeing you that you're going to be okay if you just give your life to me. If you just give your life to me.